0: Everybody ready? Let's get rolling.
1: This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network.
2: Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, broadcasting live from the main plaza right outside Vivint Smart Home Arena as it's Salt Lake City Summer League time. Make sure to come down and catch some great basketball tonight. Uh, joining us now, he makes the magic happen in KSL. He covers the jazz and uh, every once in a while some golf. Well, maybe once. <laughs> once. Emphasis once. on the once there. Uh, he's our friend Ryan Miller. What's up, Ryan? Thanks for uh, coming over, man. We oh, appreciate thank it. Thank you. Right on my
1: way into the arena. It worked out quite well.
2: I know. We are literally right in between your office and the uh, and where you have to go to
0: uh, yes. do your job. So worked, that worked
1: out all right. It worked out great. Fantastic. So,
0: so if it had been any more inconvenient, there's no way we would have stopped by. Exactly. He'd be on the yeah. phone right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, But, uh, Ryan, will you help us uh, finish our discussion that we were having before you came on? Do you list the Jazz among the top three teams in the West, and uh, who are the other teams, and what do you make of the East based on what you know so far? Well,
1: its I, I would say right now what we know now, of course, you've got to put them there. Um, obviously, the Kawhi Leonard chip still needs to fall. Uh, if he goes to the Lakers, yeah, I know they're going to have, like, 10 minimum salary guys, <laughs> but three top five, if not, or top 10 at least, maybe top five players in the whole league, like, they're going to be a threat. But if you go in top three, I think you have to put the Jazz there for sure because just they have so many options now. It's, it's kind of crazy to even say that because I think you're we've been so used to calling this team a perennial playoff contender or a perennial all this, this, this. No one ever wanted to say, yeah, they're good enough to go to the finals. I think we can finally say that.
2: I, what What's interesting is and you cover all these games, and we're at, and watching all these games, and you could pick out – what the Jazz needed, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the the shooting, the scoring, we talked about on sports radio ad nauseum. Uh, you've <laughs> written about it a ton, I'm sure. And and look what they do. They went out and they they got Quint Snyder as point guard, who can also shoot the ball uh, via trade, obviously with Conley. And then they go get Bojan, who who really just fits a need so nicely. I mean, you could just see the pieces come into place, and that's why I think your your take on it's right on the money.
1: Yeah, and it's it's it'll be fun to watch because I think we're so used to seeing a Jazz team that's just just this defensive juggernaut and and hopefully make a work on the offensive side we'll get some open shots maybe Ricky Rubio will hit a couple tonight and they'll end up winning and I think it's going to be almost opposite obviously their defense is going to be just is going to be good I don't think it'll be just as good Um, but with Rudy Gobert you're going to be top five regardless of who else is on the court. And their offense legitimately can be a top offense in the league now. And Quinn Snyder, I've always felt is more of an offensive coach anyway. Mm-hmm. We ju- he just has never had the personnel to showcase. So that. So he
0: talks defense instead.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, like you look what he does in the pick and roll, the dribble handoffs. Like he, he he's kind of does everything he can to make this te- to make the team he's had work. And he's just never had the weapons to be able to kind of unleash all of what he can do, and I think we'll see some kind of some fun things with him this year.
0: So, in your study of Bogdanovich, what what do you? uh, What's your evaluation here
1: with him? Like, I what he can do. I love what he can do on the pick and roll, and that's what I really I think is intriguing with him with the Jazz because they now have four guys that could be on the court with Rudy Gobert that all are really good in the pick and roll, and that. uh, But also, like. He became Indiana's number one option last year. He's going to be at best number three on the Jazz. And so I don't know if he's going to be asked to do that much. But if he can just stand in the corner and hit a dang three-pointer... That'll be enough. Fifty-two
2: percent,
0: <laughs> baby. Yes. Yeah,
1: so. yeah. Getting
2: uh, to something you were talking about, I, I think you're right on the money about Quint Snyder manufacturing offense. We've been watching that, and and how basically the, the system. There's hardly any room for error. The system works, and and makes guys better. Now you can combine that, but not have to rely on that. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah,
1: and I think that that's what makes it fun this year. It's like I, I think there's a reason why everyone got really really excited about this movie um even people that may not have heard of Bohan before yesterday yeah. like but like there's a lot of reasons to be like hey this team is kind of set up to be a Quinn Snyder team and i i for one am excited to see what he can, what Quinn Snyder can do on the offensive end cuz we just have never seen a jazz team with a, him with this kind of offensive personnel what's the uh uh, uh,
0: what do you make of Ed Davis and his ability to uh, contribute?
1: Well, I, you look at the rebound numbers, like 8.7 in 17 minutes. Or something, That's amazing, yeah. Something crazy like that. So he's going to fill the, the role. Because the one thing with this this new uh, high-flying offense I think we'll see is the rebounding might be an issue. And he's going he's gonna to be able to come in and actually fill that. Um, obviously, you're missing Derek Favors' size. He'll be able to fill in there. And we've seen Rudy Gobert go down, and I think he can be a nice placeholder there if that knock on wood happens. Uh, so, yeah, I think he, he can come in and fulfill a lot of the things you saw Derek Favors do. Uh, but a little less money.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. How much, uh, how much has the dynamic changed in the front office? I, I know you talk to a lot of uh, jazz folks while you do your work, and Justin Zanik got a little bit of a louder voice with his promotion, yeah. and Dennis Lindsay promoted it as well. Has that had an impact on what we saw play out yesterday and with the with the Conley deal as well? Yeah,
1: you know, I'm not sure. The pe- like, I've always felt that they've been doing this as a unit to begin with, so I think there's probably more voices, but I think the voices have always been, been there right. and now it's just that someone's becoming more of the mouthpiece of the organization so i think justin zanuck is now more of the mouthpiece for us for the fans but i don't know if the really the decision making changed too much but well, we'll also <laughs> i'll talk to someone probably tonight that'll tell me otherwise i hear
2: voices all the time don't you, Jake? <laughs> uh you know uh I'm hearing some right now, in fact.
1: <laughs> so it'll see
0: what. A, that, that's the thing with this, Ryan. You've been watching this this build. I wrote about it today, but Dennis Lindsay comes in. He says, not going to skip steps, right? Yeah. Seems to take his time. The Jazz made some missteps along the way as far as the draft goes, and some, but they got Gobert and they got Dennis and they got uh, Donovan Mitchell. And those two are foundation. And it seemed like last year people were waiting for more. And and Dennis was taking his time. And then at the trade deadline, nothing really substantial. But, man, and we were complaining. I was telling him, be more (laughs) aggressive. And he was looking at me like, shut up. And then, boom, this happens now. It seems as though that patience has now paid off. And I would be really surprised if the Jazz not only are good on paper, but they're going to be good on the floor. I
1: think they, they kind of circled this summer, along with a lot of other teams. You kind of saw what the Warriors were, this juggernaut, this dynasty that kind of lorded over the rest of the league for the last three years. And it was like, look. That can't be sustainable. And I think they found 2019, we can make a move. There's a window there if everything goes to plan. And I think that plan was with Gordon Hayward and with a lot of other people. But Donovan Mitchell came up, and it, it kind of accelerated everything. It's like, hey, we have the opportunity right now. If we make a couple moves, we we can be a win-now team. And they were able to pull it off, and it, which is crazy because even like – when was the last time a significant free agent actually came to Utah? Like we were trying to, t- we were talking about it last or yesterday at the summer league practice. It's like you can kind of maybe say Joe Johnson, but like before that, it's like this. Carlos, or, Carlos, Carlos. Like this is probably, if not the best, like if the best, at least the second best free agent signing the Jazz have had in two decades. So. Yeah, it, it's, it's a big deal, the, the fact that they were able to convince him to come, and I think that was the sales pitch, is we can win a title next season if you come to Utah.
2: All right, so cap space is gone.
1: Cap space is gone.
2: Cap space is, is used, and so now uh, basically they can sign minimum uh, veteran free agents, or <laughs> they can you know, uh, developed from within. I mean, how do you expect them to fill out the roster? How much of this summer league that we're going to see tonight? Will we see on the final roster?
1: You know, that's actually kind of what makes this summer league a little more interesting than maybe it could have been. Right, I totally like, agree. Because like, usually you don't have a first round pick. A summer league is not intriguing at all, but these three guys they invested in, I think they in, in total spent $3 million to acquire these guys. So they have, they have at least interest in them. And yeah, you have to fill out a roster. I think they have 10 players now. they got got to get to at least 13. Yep. So, yeah, there, there's guys there. There's a lot of skill sets on these three that are actually really intriguing. And, yeah, there, there's a possibility. But also they could fill out minimum deals. Uh, you look like a Jonas Jurepko was on a minimum deal. Mm-hmm. Derek Rose was on a minimum deal last year. Like There's guys you can find, and especially if you are a contender, People, the, the veterans that may be on the uh, downslope of their career will probably want to come over. So
0: to ask that question a little different way, is that the reason the Jazz purchased those extra picks? I,
1: that is what I've been informed of. Is They're looking, yeah. like, they might, they don't expect all three to f- to hit, obviously. That would be insane, but they're hoping at least one might be able to contribute next season. Two would
2: be unbelievable. Yeah. One is is well, probably why they did
1: yeah, it. Yeah, so like, one for three million, one to find a player, it's in this day and age, probably not that hard of a sacrifice for an NBA team.
2: Ah, uh, 3000000 million.
1: <laughs> like, uh, yeah, isn't that crazy? Uh, <laughs> like, some change. Yeah, <laughs> nothing.
2: Uh, well, let's talk about the rest of the NBA. Uh, was there a, a deal that was most intriguing in your mind yesterday? Maybe not the biggest, maybe not the smallest, but but the most interesting but, to you?
1: The D'Angelo Russell sign-and-trade got, got, caught me off guard for a few reasons. One, I don't know why the Warriors decided to hard cap themselves to, right. to max out a third guard, but... So that almost makes me think they're going to—I have no no sources on this at all—but makes me think they're going to trade him eventually. Mm-hmm. I've seen that a couple of places. Yeah, so today. it's mm-hmm. like like the only thing that makes sense to me. But it was so like, So what was that? Grab an asset while it's available, I, yeah, and But then utilize
0: a, it to your benefits. But somewhere? like,
1: what is it? Like, but it almost killed your team this year, <laughs> like because yep. they can't re-sign their own guys. They they have a hard cap now, and so. Like, they are – like, you look at their roster, it's like, yeah, they're top four with Draymond Green, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, D'Angelo Russell, really good. And then it's – whole lot of nothing. Who – no um, one's ever heard of these guys. Yep. <laughs> and so, like – so, yeah, I, I, I think they might – without that deal, might have been able to bring a little bit more back and with how wide open the league is, probably make another run at it. But – it's kind of hard to, for me to see that, especially how, depending on how long Clay Thompson is out. And so that one intrigued me just because the Warriors usually are pretty smart about these things, and that just didn't seem like the best move in my mind. But there's a reason I'm sitting here and not running an NBA franchise. What about the Nets? Who? <laughs> Whew. It could be fun in a year. (laughs) Yeah. Like, it's hard for me to get too excited about the Nets just because of that dark dark cloud looming over him. Like, I, I hope Kevin Durant comes back fully healthy. The league is so much better when he's one of the top players in it. But, like, yeah, until then, it's Kyrie Irving's team. And... I don't think he's really shown that he can lead a franchise. So, do you think Kawhi ends up with the Lakers, or do you think that is a crapshoot? Gosh, I hope not. Oh, I just, yeah. I just think it would like if he goes back to Toronto. It just, it makes this league so fun. Like, I think there is legitimately ten to fifteen teams that could convince themselves they have a shot this season, and I don't think we've ever seen something like that. But if he goes to the Lakers, it's like, well it's the Lakers again but that being said I think the, the league is a little more fun when the Lakers are good so but maybe not I, I mean we're just getting <laughs> through
2: the Golden State <laughs> dynasty where the no, title I, was guaranteed I, I you no, know
1: but I don't think the Lakers would be as bad as that just because yeah. as we talked about they're they're gonna have so many minimum players that right there's a reason they're minimum players and so like one of those guys kind of goes down and they are done but who, who do you guys think is the big is the biggest loser
2: Oh, the Knicks so far, yeah. The Knicks not getting um, anybody. I mean, yeah, but you
0: know what they're talking about? They're t- they're signing
1: gritty hey, grinder players. The, no, they're know? talking about look; these are only one year deals, and so <laughs> next year we is can be year. back. <laughs> like, like how depressing is that? Is your only hope as a fan is next season's free agency is one of the things will turn around? Like. Man, they got to they got to start changing things up in New York. Just, you know,
2: a, a lot of people have said that Charlotte is a big loser. I I disagree because uh, out, maxing out uh, Campbell Walker would have been a big mistake and now they have to kind of force themselves into admitting that it didn't work and they got to try something else. And
1: I think that's what you've almost find the Supermax sometimes is a bad thing. Yes. Because it's like a, a great idea in theory, but it's like when you there's maybe, I think, five players in the whole league that are worthy of the Supermax. Five, six, seven, wherever you want to go on that. But Kemba Walker is not in that mix. Nope, not and even so, close. so, like, it's either you pay him and cripple your entire franchise or you lose him. And so I th- I think they definitely made the right move. Uh, they weren't going anywhere with him. They're, now they can actually start a new rebuild, and hopefully it works out this time.
0: So do you think Dame is a Supermax-worthy guy?
1: Yeah. <laughs> He's right on the edge. I'd probably uh, like it'd be hard to be to say he's not. So just what he's been able to do with that team. Uh, but I
0: read somewhere that including what's left on his contract, that's like two hundred and fifty-seven million. Gosh, for him. good to be Dame. He sure it's is. Good
1: to be Weber State. They yep. have to be like planning out a new athletic <laughs> facility right now, right? <laughs> <laughs> like some like, Dame. Like no, the Lillard <laughs> athletic <laughs> complex. Yeah, like you like, know that. gotta <laughs> that's got to be two hundred million. That's a nice ring to it. Though. it does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I'm yeah. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure they're happy. I covered Southern Utah. They were just always hoping that one of their, like, three NFL guys got to the second uh, contract for that reason. It doesn't look like that's happening, though. No. So go get him, Weber. Go, go get your <laughs> <own> athletic facility. <laughs> he is Ryan
2: Miller. He's uh, from KSL here with us on uh, the main plaza outside Vivint Smart Home Arena on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The one uh, and I brought this up with Gordon earlier, the one I absolutely do not get is Philadelphia and Al Horford. That made no sense
1: to me. I actually look at it kind of like what Pascal Siakam was to Toronto. Mm. Same position. But worked out really well, and I think they're different enough players. Like Horford can stretch the floor. That I think it will work out, and he might give a more of a calming voice to Philadelphia. Which That's a good <laughs> point. Might be the reason they weren't in the finals this season. But <laughs> so. do you
2: do you bump Tobias to a win to the yeah, wing? What do you do with yeah, that? Yeah,
1: like just go super huge. I guess I don't know. And I yeah, you, that team like, like huge. It's <laughs> in the it league. A like, huge team. You know, I'm all for like, it was. It's kind of the opposite of what everyone was doing. Like, let's go super small. Maybe like because it's not like like the Jazz when they went big with like Rudy and Derek, it was was spacing issues and we have all this stuff that doesn't work out because of it. I don't think you have any of that with the Sixers if they decide to go to that huge lineup because all of them can shoot the three at least a little. Except um, their point guard. Except for... Oh, interesting. Maybe that's why they did it. Yeah, like, like, Got to create space somehow. Yeah, maybe Ben Simmons just becomes their quasi center in that lineup yeah. and offensively at least. And, Ryan, yeah. Ryan,
0: what do you think of uh, Derek Favors heading in New Orleans?
1: I love it. I think that's a great situation for him and Derek is one of those guys that I think you talk to any media member on the Jazz... <laughs> <laughs> As one of them comes over by us, what's up, Eric? <laughs> Eric uh, Woodyard, everybody uh, on the
2: Des News, uh, <laughs> throw that headset on.
1: No, so so Derek is one of those guys that every media member on like of the Jazz will it's, will say the same thing. He's he was so good to work with. Yep. Um, one time, I was just I was talking to a, another beat writer in the locker room. In, like, kind of close to him, talking about my grandma just gotten put into the hospital and how she loved every game and was texting me about it right there. And he's like, Hey, want me to do a video for her just (laughs) off a whim? So, yeah, I took a video of Derek Favors saying, Keep fighting, grandma. Have, like, we're, we're like, thanks for the support. And it was like, it's one of those things that was like, Thanks, Derek. Like, you didn't need to do that. And it wasn't ever asked. He just—it's that He's that kind of person. And so, yeah, he'll be missed around here. Just be offensive, defense. I think he was super underrated around the league. But just as a human being, I think it's its going to hurt us. Eric
2: Woodyard is with us <laughs> from the Desert up, News. Dude? Thanks up, for Eric? jumping
3: on. I just can't mess with Ryan. That's what I <laughs> Feel free. Anytime. Hey, While we've got you, what did you think about yesterday? Oh man, it was crazy. I ain't go to bed till probably about like two in the morning. You know?
0: Yeah, but like Ryan said, you get a lot of work done in oh, yeah, one yeah, day.
3: right? Yeah, yeah, we're done, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was cool though. I was um, uh, some, I wouldn't say I, I was kind of surprised by the Bogdanovich, by you know, trade. I was looking at the reports a little bit, but yeah, I was a little bit surprised by it. But uh, overall, I was just happy to see all the moves made. And I think uh, you know, if they ever stay healthy, I, I see a possibly a, a championship contender.
2: You'd like to fit then?
3: Yeah, I do. I think it fits in well, not only just the the squad, I think personality wise they'll fit, but once again, they got to do it on the court, man. You know, uh, it sounds good on paper, but they got to put it together. What
0: do you think, Eric, of uh, what Quinn Snyder can get out of these guys? Obviously, Mike Conley, proven talent and whatnot, but you bring a guy like that in with Bogdanovich now. Uh, who's been getting better as the years have gone by? You
3: think Quinn's going to get even more out of him? I, I think so, man. I think, uh, and you're also dealing with guys that are—I feel like rejuvenated in a sense too. These guys all want to prove something. You know, they—they—they all been in teams that's winning, but now they see an opportunity that they, where they can really get a championship. So I think you'll see uh, even more rejuvenated Mike Conley, or rejuvenated Bogdanovich. You know, I think you'll see guys that actually want to try to win a title. They see it right there, especially with Golden State being hurt and you know, kind of the super teams being put on hold till we see what Kawhi going to do. So, so,
0: a, so a, question, a
3: question for Ryan and you, Eric. Does, does the status of the
0: beat writer grow with how good the team is that you cover? Makes and it, if, if that's true, <laughs> then you guys are going to be national celebrities It makes now. the job more fun. <laughs> hey,
3: man, uh, but, I don't know, man. I feel like I'm good any time. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, hey, when we step in here, I feel like Mike Tyson entered the ring in the 80s or something. So. I don't know, man. I hope so. I hope so. Maybe, you know. They, you, you walk like they that, get too. Us, they, get, they get us a little more money to put on our paycheck, maybe. So. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you this. The Jazz are absolutely fortunate
2: to have the, the, the caliber of media member covering them on a daily basis basis and you two both kill it thank you so much for for dropping by and thanks they for doing it. what you guys yeah. do you guys oh, do an incredible sure. both, job both thank you guys oh, really thanks, true. thanks for having it. us yeah there you go that's ryan miller from ksl and eric woodyard dropping by from the deseret news uh we appreciate them doing it thank you ryan thank you eric we appreciate you guys uh, honestly uh the 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 beat guys and and you know Not you and I, Gordon, but most of the people who cover on a daily basis do an absolute incredible job.
0: Yeah, that goes to my trip, guys, as well. All of them. I mean, this media is... pretty darn strong and I. not only is that known locally, it's known uh,
2: around the country as well. Alright, we'll have Steve Kyler who's going to join us from Basketball Insiders. We'll get a national perspective on what the Jazz did yesterday and how they look going into this season. Uh, we are live from Salt Lake City Summer League. We're out here on the main plaza at Vivint Smart Home Arena. We've got folks filing into the, uh, into the arena as we speak. Gordon going to watch a little, get their uh, NBA fix in the summer. Why wouldn't you? Never ceases to amaze me at uh, the response that they get for Summer League around here. People are just they are just thirsty for some basketball, the man. I love it.
0: Basketball and the deal you get, it doesn't cost that much nope. to get in here, man, to watch some good action. was it, nine bucks or something for a couple sessions or something? I hope I'm not misstating there, but, I mean, it's really a, a good value.
2: There's no doubt. And... Um, you know, uh, I, no offense to the old Rocky Mountain Review. I know that there's some good memories for some folks out there, but I love it that it's at the arena now. The Salt Lake City Summer League is here. It's, it's also an inexpensive way to experience the arena if you haven't had a chance to come to many jazz games, but I, you know, I love it that it's
0: here now. You come out here, you sit down on a seat close to the court, you look to your left, and you see some well-known uh, NBA personnel guy. You look to your right, and you might see uh, a jazz player. I mean, it's... It's a very comfortable environment.
2: Hey, uh, a little mild breaking news, I guess. All right. Uh, the Thunder are signing Alec Burks. Had you seen that come down? I did not. Yeah, so Alec, uh, Alec Burks going to the Thunder. There you go. He'd be a pretty nice fit for them, actually. A Rodney Hood re-signed with Portland. With Portland, yeah. yep. And Ennis is headed for Boston. Well, yeah. Ennis signed a two-year $10 million deal. The Ennis cancer, ladies and gentlemen. He should never have gotten rid of Max Urgul. That was a huge mistake. His agent that got him a max deal for Oklahoma City, that guy knew what he was doing. <laughs> I do have great admiration for that, do you? I don't know what buffoon is representing him now, but not <laughs> not earning his money, that's for sure. Uh, well, maybe, maybe people have started to discover what Ennis
0: it's is and what Ennis isn't. We knew what Ennis was. They could have called us and asked, well, nobody did back then. See, back then it was a bit of a mystery,
2: and people like to pay money for mysteries. If you believe what uh, Mark Stein uh, put, uh, was texting with Ennis, and he tweeted out a screenshot of the text. And apparently Portland gave him a take-it-or-leave-it offer. Yeah. And uh, Ennis said, okay, can I call my brother? And then his brother would call his family. Because he can't call his family directly because oh. of the political situation there. Uh, and, and, but wanted to consult with his loved ones before making the decision. And Portland said, nope. <laughs> <laughs> so Ennis now is, uh, is going to Boston. Mm. All right. Well, I get, that's, that's pretty cold on Portland's, uh, on Portland's front. But I get it. I mean, time is a factor in this situation. Well,
0: I can see Ennis settling into a cheesecake factory somewhere there in Boston and tweeting out that if there are any lonely women around the city who would like to come by and beat him, uh,
2: that uh, he did that in Salt Lake City, so maybe he'll do that in Boston. He's reunited with his boy, Gordon Hayward. All right, we'll have more coming up next. Steve Kyler joins the show, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone.